Amen. Can we put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning? Amen. Come on, somebody. Look, come on. Let's lift our voice and give God glory. Give Him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. How many can lift your hand as heaven and say, God is real? Amen. There's an old song that says, yes, God is real. I feel Him in my soul. Amen. How many can say, I'm not here playing church. This isn't a religious exercise for me. God is real. Amen. Jesus Christ touched me, and He is real. Amen. You may be seated this morning. So good to see everybody. And we know that this is the summer, so we're kind of going in different directions, and everybody is... Uh, um, doing things, but we're so thankful for those who are joining us online. And so there's a lot of people joining us online today. We're going to say welcome to you, and God bless you. And so we're excited about today and uh, who's here speaking today and what God's doing. But just want to encourage you, you know, if you need a, a touch in your body, amen, you don't need to wait till the end of the service. Jesus wants to touch you right now, amen. And so how many know that our faith is so valuable to God, amen? He, he loves it when we believe the Lord, when we believe Him and trust His Word. And uh, so thank thankful for that, but amen. So I'm going to get out of the way today. We have a special speaker, my brother, Mike Holcomb, Pastor Mike Holcomb is here, and uh, we're going to have him share. I want to just say that we have traveled uh, a lot together. We've done a lot of things. We, we have a lot of history, of course, you know, as brothers, we've known each other a long time, and, uh, but we're so thankful for him being here today and uh, just thankful for his ministry. If you aren't following him on uh, any social media platform, you need to do that. Subscribe. He's got a, a lot of awesome stuff. and and uh, uh, podcasts and things like that. I want to encourage you to do that. But I wonder if we could just stand on our feet today. And uh, we know Brother Mike. He's not a stranger here. And uh, we're so excited that he's able to come. And uh, he's here because his, second, or his oldest child had her first uh, grandbaby. And so they're celebrating that. And so we're so happy for them. But I wonder if we can put our hands together and give Brother Mike a hand as he comes and shares today. Hallelujah. Can we lift up our hands and praise the Lord? Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Hallelujah. God is so good. You can be seated today. I got to tell you, it is with mixed emotion I come today. A little bit of trepidation because everything is new, but so much excitement because I see so many wonderful faces and family, you know, and it's, I, I kind of feel like it's a little strange because, you know, you come back and not everything's the same. Not everything's the same. Uh, yeah, I, I, I look in the mirror sometimes and think, uh, man, I didn't mean to get old. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but God is so good. I think aging is actually part of God's plan. Praise the Lord. But it is good to see everybody. Man, I wish I could hug your necks and, and hopefully I, I can at some particular point. Uh, I got to say, Pastor Matt, Pastor Rachel, this is phenomenal. You guys have done a great, great job. Can we put our hands together and amen. And this is just, just amazing, amazing. And I, of course, last time I was here, uh, this was just about a month and a half ago. Um, I just kind of flew in for a real quick one. A quick visit, and I uh, went and saw the outreach center, and man, oh man, it just it reminded me of the, you know, Brother Randy, the old days of, you know, this building here, amen, but uh, God's given you a vision, He's given you a purpose, and that is exciting, 
And, uh, you know, if I, I don't know, you know, how many of you are involved, how many are not involved, but I want to encourage you, please get involved with what God's doing here. Amen. Praise the Lord, because uh, you're going you're gonna to feel a tremendous part. My wife, Kim, um, is unable to be here this morning. She had already, she'd gotten all ready, and was, we're ready to go out the door, and she gets a text from Caitlin, and uh, Caitlin said, Mom, I really need your help today. So, uh, all right, so Kim says, well, that's why I'm here. So she said, you'll have to drop me off, and, and she said, give my love, and she said, I'm watching via Facebook. So I love you, honey. Praise the Lord. Kim and I have, um, of course, now two grandchildren, and uh, our oldest one is with uh, James Madeline, and uh, he's just a hoot. I mean, this kid is just something else, and smart as a whip, and, and it sounds like a grandfather, right? Amen. But, uh, you know, just have so, we have so much to be thankful for. Can I get an amen this morning? So much to be thankful for. My goodness, and, and I look at our children, I look at our, our grandchildren, I look, you know, at ourselves and thank God, by your grace and mercy, we're here. You know, not, thank God, you know, for us, none of us got the, the virus out there. Um, it's uh, kind of sad. I had five friends that died from, uh, from coronavirus, and so it really hit home. But again, you're just so thankful. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me. Thank you. Amen. God, you're so good. I'm thankful that I woke up this morning. Amen. And I was able to feed myself. I was able to be in my own mind. I was able to take some walks by myself. We just had a friend who suffered a, a, a stroke. And, and uh, man, you just thank God for every little day, every moment that you've got. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. We're not in control. I don't know whether you knew that or not. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, uh, yeah, I, real quick update here. Um, of course, uh, since the last time I was here, which is, by the way, over three and a half years ago. I can't believe time flies so fast. Uh, but God has really put us in touch, miraculous touch. I wish I had the time to tell you the, the divine connections that we've had. Um, and God has set up some, some pastors that we've met and now able to, to, to uh, meet in churches, and uh, churches are beginning to open up and be able to minister and share to pastors. Um, as you probably, some of you who've, who've seen us know, we are ministering at the present time in a Korean church. And believe it or not, Brother, Brother Matt, I'm back to being a youth pastor. How does a 55, 56-year-old become a youth pastor? I don't know, but there I am. But these are just just stellar kids, love God. We get together every Thursday, and I mean the, the continual prayer is for revival, 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 you know. And uh, so we just love those kids so much. And um, in fact, I'm, I, I'm, and another, another reason I'm kind of bittersweet here this morning is because Madeline is preaching her first sermon today in the youth group, and I'm going I'm to miss it, but I, I know she's, she's got a word from the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, hey, praise God. And God's been really dealing with us, uh, showing us that he has some things, uh, not just for Portland, but also for around the world. Amen. In fact, just before corona hit, coronavirus hit, um, Brother Mark and I were on the phone. It was uh, just, just 
few weeks into 2020, just a few weeks, maybe even two weeks, and I called my brother Mark, and I never do this, and, and I said to him, I said, uh, I said Mark, what, what has God been speaking to you about 2020? And because uh, the Lord had put one word in my heart, God had given me the word reboot. And so I said, what has God been speaking to you? He said, Mike, he said, it's, it's funny because there's only one word. He said, God's been speaking to me. It's reset. And so I said, oh, okay, well, God's rebooting, God's resetting things. And you know, that's exactly what I am seeing happening where I am. I'm seeing God resetting the church. See, I believe that God wants to do the greater things in the end times. I don't believe that these days are we're going to just peter out and be some wimpy little kind of, kind of little body. I believe that the best is yet to come. In fact, even before I left this house, God spoke to me one Sunday morning, I believe it was, and said, I have a golden age of evangelism that I'm getting ready for the church. I believe that the best days are yet to come. This kingdom is a kingdom that will continue to prosper. Can you say amen? And continue to grow. And so that's, that's really the spirit, the attitude that I'm coming with you today, this word that God's given me. And I'm wondering today if we can open up our Bibles uh, to the first book of the Bible, Genesis. And we're going to go to chapter 49. And just before we do, I want to just open with prayer, if you could pray with me. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful privilege today of being with friends and family. And Lord, really everybody here I consider as family. And I thank you, Lord, for your word, your precious word. And I thank you, Lord, that the gates of hell cannot withstand your kingdom. And Lord, that we are privileged today to stand here, eyes enlightened, heart open wide, Lord, ready to receive everything that you're doing. And I thank you, Lord, that we are part of your plan. And I ask you today, Lord, to come upon your servant, come upon your, this word, Lord, that you've given me in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I want to read one verse at first, and it's Genesis chapter 49, verse 1. I got to just say this, Jacob is, is dying, he's, he's on his last breath, and in his last breath, he decides, actually the Holy Ghost, I believe, stirs him to prophesy over his sons. But this is interesting, chapter 49, verse 1, Jacob called unto his sons and said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. The last days. Jacob, Israel, prophesied about the last days. How many know God has a last days agenda? Amen. Now, even in Jacob's time, uh, the world is, was pretty much like it is today. Really, not a whole lot has changed. Technology certainly has changed, and uh, different uh, things that man has achieved has changed. And yet, as human beings, nothing really has changed. It's amazing to me how I've, as I've traveled around the world, wherever I've gone, I don't care if I've been in huts, I don't care if I've been in high-rises, people are people. Amen. And that's just the way it is. Um, 
But, you know, it's something because specifically we can see this in the Bible. If you look at the book of, of Babel, the te- uh, book of Genesis earlier on, and the story of the tale of Babel, something happened in that. I don't have time to get into that, but something happened to all of mankind in those days. And ever since those days, man has had a spirit of division. Now, you think about this. You know, we say that uh, uh, Jesus prophesying in Matthew chapter 24, he said, in, you know, that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And How many know that that has been around forever? Come on, just put your hand up and say, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. <laughs> Amen. Man has been, uh, his personality, the perennial personality of humankind is that we have always been embroiled in wars. And I'm not just talking about the kind where we shoot rockets. I'm also talking about the personal kind. I'm talking about the kind that some people are in, in uh, right maybe in this room, you are engaged in or you're experiencing, unfortunately, in your own home. But a spirit of war, a spirit of division, rebellions have always been part. Acts of disloyalty, isolation, prejudice, Suspicion, manipulation, conspiracy, oppression, hostility, hate, just the general spirit of pride, which according to Proverbs, brings division. And we are plagued with that. This isn't just a few people. All of mankind is plagued with this. All of mankind. You know, one of the first times that I really, uh, my eyes were open to this, was I remember going to Kenya years ago. This was back in the early 90s. And I remember going to Kenya and uh, finding out that there in Kenya had been a struggle. And I, I think it's still going on in some degree. But there was a struggle, serious struggle, between the two top tribes. The Kukuyu uh, tribe and uh, the uh, Karenjin tribe. And they were, I mean, blood spills and people hating each other, and it was horrible. I remember one time I was with a, a bishop, his name was Bishop Josaphat, and he was acting as our interpreter, and we were traveling out into this, you know, vision, this little village, and um, just, you know, of course, we, had, we were sitting there in this bumpy car, and, and I said to uh, Brother Jehoshaphat, I said, um, and I was just, you know, young, young 20-some-year-old kid, just kind of, you know, smart-alecky, and I said, so, I said, you know, any of your daughters married? He said, no. He said, I haven't given any of them away. That was their custom, and I said, oh, I said, well, hey, you could, we, this next village, we could, you know, you could find a, a husband there, and boy, he got mad at me. He, his, his face went bad, and he said, I will never take a husband for my wife out of that village. I said, oh, excuse me. And he said, yes. He said, you know, I'm Kukuyu. They're Karenjin. And, and I said, uh, well, again, I'm just this dumb kid. And I said, well, what's the difference? He said, skin color. <laughs> he said, skin color. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, we're darker. Come on, just somebody go like this. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I was as shocked as you are. Oh, oh, okay. They could tell, but there was such bitterness there. It, it opened my eyes. I'd never seen that before. I remember being down in Guatemala and hearing this story about a, a pastor who was there starting a church, and God put it on his heart to go to this Mayan village. 
and Brother Leon Souter knows about this one, go to this village. And so the pastor went to this village and, and uh, you know, started to, uh, to minister to these Indians. And, and of course, uh, they were in their little village, and, and they would come every once in a while to the big city. And so he invited me. He said, next time you're in the city, come to my church, which they started doing. And he said, after a while, these, these Indians would come, and they would come to the church. And he said, a couple came to him one day. Now understand, these are all Guatemalan people. A couple came to him one day and said, um, Pastor, are you going to let those people keep coming to the church? And he said, well, yeah. They said, well, if you don't stop them, we're leaving. And, I was, and they did. And because the pastor said, there's no way. He said, God's called us to minister to all the world. Amen. And so this spirit of division is part of human nature. We don't like to think of it. And, and it, just, it doesn't even stop on the large scale. It doesn't even stop at the large scale. We can all, we could all be of the same race, and yet we want to divide into countries. We can all be of the same country, but we want to divide into sections. We can all be in the same church, and yet somebody wants to divide. We can be in the same family. How many of you have family battles right now? Aunts and uncles you haven't spoken to for a long time. They're not speaking to you. Come on. Come on just put your hand up. I know this is real. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. And that spirit continues to divide. It is never, ever happy. It's never even happy. That's why we have today, we have such, such family dysfunction and, and, and kids wanting to rebel against parents. Parents want to kick out their kids. Mom and dad wanting to divorce each other and everybody wanting to go their own individual way. And it's all about me. A spirit of division. And it's, it's been plaguing us for a long time. And you know, the thing is, is that human beings have tried over the centuries, over the millennia, really, to, to combat this, to fix the problem. I don't know whether you know this or not, but Alexander the Great, when he conquered uh, all of those countries in the Mediterranean area and into the Middle East, his aim was to spread the philosophy of gr Greek philosophy to unite the world. He thought, let's, let's unite everybody under the same philosophy. Rome carried on that. But they even went a step farther. They felt like their literature, their language, their roads, their military might could all link the world. And we would all have world peace and world harmony. But how many know that never worked? Come on. You, I could take you down through the centuries, because I love history. I could take you down through the centuries. The famous kings of England, that, that they had a heartbeat for unity, had a heartbeat for peace, had a heartbeat for bringing people together. But it never could happen. It always divided. Somehow, somewhere, intrigue was right around the corner. Corruption was always there. And so we have never been able to do what we want to do. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Romans? He said, the thing that I want to do, I can't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do. 
Amen. He said, that's, 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 that's the way it is. And how many know that's human nature? Can you say amen? So we have this problem. And here's Jacob. Here's old Jacob. He's, he's now, again, he's ready to pass along. He's ready to say goodbye to this world. And yet something begins to stir in his spirit. And he calls his sons together. And as I'm going to tell you some things about the last days. And we read where he starts prophesying over Reuben. Then he prophesies over Simeon and Levi. But then in verse 8, he begins to prophesy over Judah. He said, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. And then he begins prophesying. He doesn't know it, of course. But he begins, begins prophesying about David and about the royal lineage. He says, thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes. Say Shiloh. Until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Who's Shiloh? Well, the word Shiloh means tranquility. It means prosperity. It means, it means success. Who is he prophesying about? Who is the one who will bring tranquility? Who is the Prince of Peace? His name is Jesus. Old Jacob didn't know it. He didn't know the name. But he was prophesying about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was saying there's one coming from the house of David. And it's him who's going to bring prosperity. He's going to bring success. He's going to bring peace. And he will gather all of the people. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Jesus is here to gather. You know, I look around the room and I see a number of you who I don't quite remember. Uh, some of you are grown up and some of you, boy, everybody looks so handsome. Some of you are brand new. And you might be wondering, why am I a Christian? Why am I here? What is the call of God? Because actually a lot of people think that, well, uh, I'm supposed to ask God to forgive me of my sins. I'm supposed to start doing nice things. I'm supposed to come to church, read my Bible. That's all true. But it's not the whole vision. And what I believe is that God wants to give the church of Jesus Christ a vision for the, of the greater picture. Because if we don't see the greater picture, all we do is end up being in survival mode. It's time for the church to get out of the defensive mode and get into offensive mode. Not being offensive, but to be in the mode where we are making progress and going forward. And without a vision of why we're called to be Christians, we'll never have that. One of the things we have to get in our spirit, this is what the Holy Ghost was just burning on the inside of me. We've got to get it in our spirit that God, through Jesus Christ, is gathering all people today. If you remember my grandfather, he used to preach about God. Has, this is an all-flesh revival. Can you? Amen. I can still hear his voice echoing in this room. Amen. And that's the truth. He is gathering. Jesus is gathering. In fact, I want to read some scriptures to you. Psalms chapter 2, verse seven, verses 7 through 8. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. We're talking about Jesus. 
Verse, nine, verse 8, Ask of me, and I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of, thy, of the earth for thy possession. I've heard this preached, and, and it's all right, it's okay, it's just that not in context. I've heard it preached where, hey, let's ask God for sinners, and that's wonderful. But I've got news for you, the real one who is inheriting people is Jesus. I wish somebody would get excited with me this morning. I'm here to tell you something. He is, in, he is inheriting. Did you know that you and I are his inheritance? You and I belong to him. We have been bought with a price. Oh, hallelujah. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. Amen. Daniel said, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, that's Jesus, coming with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom which shall not be destroyed. He is the one who gets the people. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 32, If I, even I, be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I've got to tell you something. There's something about Jesus that resonates in every single human being. Did you know that you and I have a relative, we have a common ground with God or His creation? Oh, hallelujah. And if we'll just listen, we'll recognize the familiar voice. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And my sheep hear my voice. He said to the Jews, he said, listen, I have sheep that are not of this fold. I've got sheep. I'm drawing men unto, the, unto myself. And all I've got to do is speak and they're going to respond. Can you put your hand up and praise God? Hallelujah. There's something about when God begins to speak that people, it just comes in their spirit and it comes in their heart. Oh my word, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be. See, this is the thing, is that the world is trying to conform us into their image. The world is trying to make us into 21st century people or a cultural people. But I've got news for you. As Christians, we have taken on something higher Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is the ensign, the Bible says in the prophets. The ensign meaning the flag. He's the one that everybody sees in the battle and goes toward. Jesus is the great shepherd. He's the king. He's the scepter. He's the one that draws all of us together. And this drawing goes beyond space. We're not just talking about everybody be, being in one building or being on one continent or, you know, there are some people that will want to get together and, man, let's have a commune. And let just, everything will be fi fine and rosy and everything else. How many know that communes never survive either? Amen. There's always something going on in a commune. Amen. And, uh, <clears throat> but... This goes beyond what God, what God is doing goes beyond human organization. It goes beyond human management. 
How many know that there's no such thing and never will be as a headquarters of heaven here on earth until Jesus comes and the new Jerusalem comes? Amen. Hallelujah. And this unity, this peace, this, this, this thing that God is doing and goes beyond a shared system of religious beliefs. You know, the thing of it is that we, we've tried this. We've tried in the church. Let's just get everybody to have the same confession, the same thing and everything else. What God's doing goes beyond that. It's wonderful that we're saying the same thing. Amen. But how many know that we can't just repeat stuff? God's doing something deeper. He's doing something better. And this, this thing that God's doing goes beyond mutual interest. It goes beyond human interaction. It is divine. It is supernatural. Oh, listen to this. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 through 10 says that God has made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ. That He might bring everybody together in one thing. You see, the Bible says, in fact, in Ephesians and Colossians, Paul the Apostle was writing about a new man. Now, you know, I've heard some people preach it almost as like, you know, God's got, God just kind of warms you up and flips you over on the other side. There's only one new man. His name's Jesus. He is the new man. He is the only hope that we have for world peace. He is the only hope that we have that will really bring us together because we need more than just common ground here and there. We need an overarching, something that will go beyond all of the things that we think are so important. All of the things that we think we've got to be loyal to. There's got to be something and there is something that goes over and above and His name is Jesus. It's not a thing, it's a Him. I'm getting excited here this morning. Hallelujah. We've got to get this in our spirits. You have been baptized into Him, the Bible says. As many as in, it says in Galatians, who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. I am I'm a new creature. What does that new creature do? What does it mean to be a Christian, as I said before? It means that we put on the same spirit of Jesus Christ. What did Jesus Christ teach us? He said, listen, if you're going to follow me, you've got to take up your cross. Now, for years, I wondered what that was. What does it mean, take up your cross? You know, do I make a literal cross? What do I do? Well, let me ask you a question. What was Jesus taking up his cross for? He wasn't taking it up for himself. He was taking it up for other people. He was taking it up to bring people together. He, was, he took it up, amen, so that he could bring, bring everyone together. What do you think your, the forgiveness of sins is all about? The forgiveness of sins is so that not just that you can be pardoned, but that you can come into a family. Oh, hallelujah. That you can come into a family. See, Jesus is a family man. 
That's what he's building. He's building a family. He's building a new family. It's not a family that's built on race. It's not a family that's built on name. It's not a family that's built on riches. It's not a family that's built on wealth or power or any kind of thing like that. It's all a family that is based on him. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the only begotten or the unique Son of God. There's nobody like Him. And there's nobody who came to earth but Jesus who completely, utterly, absolutely, unfailingly pleased the Father. And there's nobody else who had a heart of love for humanity like Jesus. Oh, I'm so glad people have built hospitals. I'm so glad people have done wonderful things in the name of humanitarianism. But I've got news for you in philanthropy. But I've got news for you. Jesus did something that goes way beyond any of that. He gave his life. And not only did he give his life, but he made the same spirit that was on him available to you and me. Amen. And that's why it's imperative that we get this, in, this vision of, my goodness, I'm part of a greater family. God is bringing me into a family. This isn't just a club. This isn't just a, a, a little drive-through restaurant. This isn't your favorite uh, Sunday spot where you snack a little bit. This is family. Can I just get a little personal with you? I hope the camera guys can follow me. We are family in this church. Look, I, I, I was here from the beginning. Brother Rick probably held me in his arms. You know, the first guy, Sister Sandy. I remember spending the night in her apartment. You know, we've always been a family church. Come on, put your hands up. We've always been a family church. And we've always been an all-flesh church. Amen. Amen. Oh, where's your amen today? Listen, I'm here to tell you something. We've got to get excited because the world is missing out. They want what we have in this building today. You forget, I'm coming from Portland, Oregon. One of the most favorite words is community, community, community. But you know what our community looks like, right? Yeah, you've seen it on the, you've seen it on the news. Burning and, 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 and uh, tearing down buildings and everything else. Some community. Amen. We've got shopkeepers that are, are gone, have gone out of business. We've got people that are, 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 are losing their job left and right. I, we just lost 150 uh, uh, police officers that walked off the job because they're not being backed up. And now suddenly we have 800 times more murders this year than we did last. Amen. But I've got news for you. The world wants the community that we, we have. And it's not something that we can do in ourselves. It's by the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the hope that we have. The only hope that we have. Somebody says, are you preaching against such and such? I'm not preaching against anything. I'm preaching for Jesus. Movements will come and movements will go, honey. But Jesus has a kingdom that will never end. You see, the thing of it is, the thing that needs to happen and change, Brother Kenny, is our hearts. And that's something no government, no body of laws, and I'm sorry, no constitution can fix. I'm not anti-American, but I understand that we are limited we're limited. 
And if we don't stand our ground on God and stand our ground on the Lord, amen, we are without hope. But greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. And God is able to change your heart. That is the hope of glory. And we need to begin to realize that there's more to the baptism of the Holy Ghost than one or two gifts. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jeremiah and Ezekiel both prophesied, I'll take the stony heart out of your flesh and I'll put a heart of flesh, amen, give you a heart of flesh and I'll put my spirit within you, my loving spirit, my giving spirit, my unselfish spirit, my spirit of of always wanting to gather, not divide, I'll put that spirit in you. What do you think the fruit of the Spirit is? Fruit of the Spirit's not for you. Oh, brother, I don't know how many times over the years, brother Mike, I really need more love. I'm really working on love. I'm just really working on it. If all you're doing is focusing on yourself, you've missed the boat. Love isn't for you. Love is for other people. Joy isn't for you. Joy's for other people. Jesus said, amen, that if you come unto me, he said, and and drink, he said, out of your belly shall flow, flow, flow rivers of living water. He didn't just say that you're a fountain or 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 a, a, a well, rather. He said, you are a spring of water coming out. In other words, everything that God gives me, I'm supposed to turn around and give away. Hallelujah. It's not just good enough for me to be forgiven of my sins. I need to forgive other people. Oh, hallelujah. How many allowances we give ourselves, but we're so nasty to other people. Come on. I mean, one of the toughest jobs I ever know about is people that are in these call centers. I know some, I've got some friends. They're in the call centers. And every single day, somebody curses them up one side and down the other. How dare you, Ryan? No patience, no kindness, no understanding. Do you honestly think that losing your temper at the, at the waitress is really helping you or helping the kingdom of God or helping her? No. Amen. God has called us to do exceeding and abundantly above all of those things. We are those who live higher than this world. We live higher than this world. And within the church, we, God is calling us to continue to get together. You know, one of the biggest problems in churches is that we isolate ourselves. We come into church, you know, come in, greet a couple people. We usually greet just our friends, uh, come down, uh, you know, enjoy what's going on, enjoy the meeting. Pastor Matt, wow, you really hit a home run this morning. Then we go out, eat at uh, Don Patron's, and we go home. And we don't contact anybody else in the church all week long, except for the events we're supposed to be there for. When Paul the Apostle said, I want you to have brotherly affection, he was literally talking about developing soul ties. That's how close we as family are supposed to be. 
That's how close. And this is the thing that God has been speaking to me these last several years. The church has got to reset. We've got to reboot. There's something more than just getting a little, a few programs together. Amen. We have got to have this family atmosphere, this spirit of love, this spirit of joy, and we've got to give it out. And it starts right here. Can I just say, it's easy to say, oh, I love the sinner. I love the sinner. Yeah, but you hate the church. It's just like the man who, you know, who goes around and he, he you know, gives money away to everybody, and yet he won't give a dime to his wife. You know, he doesn't, doesn't spend any money on his kids. His house is dilapidated. But, oh, he's known as the philanthropist. What in the world are you doing? Get your mind on your home. Amen. Look, this is not, you don't understand. This is not a rebuke today. I'm here to tell you that we've got something greater, amen, than anything in the world. And it will continue. I love Christmas. I'm, I'm about to preach for Brother Carl Vining, and, and God put, put a message on my heart. And I'll give you, I'll give you a little uh, uh, close-up, a uh, little snapshot. Well, it's called Christmas in July. What do the angels say the night that Jesus is born? Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Was that just a little saying? Listen, there was no such thing as Christmas in that night. Amen. But it was because that's the mission of Jesus. That's who Jesus is. And that's what he wants to do to us. He wants to fill us with all kinds of, of love and compassion for other people. You know, these days you talk about love and compassion, and sometimes, amen, uh, you know, people think, well, are you talking about compromising, Brother Mike? You've been out to Portland too long. No, that's not what, that's not what it is. <laughs> amen. No, you don't understand. Our good has got to overcome evil. See, you know, we, we talk about spiritual warfare. My love for other people is spiritual warfare. When I, amen, when I give in and, and I, I begin to cooperate with other people. You know, and that's the thing about rebellion. It's really, rebellion is just simply saying, I refuse to cooperate. Oh, I ain't, I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to, I don't want to be like everybody else. You know, I start talking about unity. And the first thing, almost inevitably, that people start talking, say to me is, yeah, but unity is not conformity, right? And... No, it's not, but I'm, I'm recognizing an attitude there. I don't want to be part of you. I don't want to be like you. But we're family. We're family. We're going to look alike. We're going to sound alike. We're going to praise alike. Amen. We're going to move alike. Amen. I'm not saying that somebody makes you like anybody else, but the Holy Ghost makes you like Jesus. And when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden, all you're doing is this. And you're just, all of a sudden, I bump into Brother Rick Douglas. Oh, my goodness. My spirit bears witness to his spirit. Wow. What happened? It's the Holy Ghost. I've been all, I've been around the world and I've, I've, I've never seen this to fail. Churches, I'll sense such the presence of God, just like I've filled in this room here over the years. And what is it? It's the same spirit. I call friends, pastor friends, what God's been speaking to you. Same exact thing he's speaking to me. A thousand miles away, 30,000 miles away. Not 30,000 miles, but you know, 3,000 miles away. Amen. God's speaking the same thing. We're on the same network. 
Think about it. Before there was such a thing as the World Wide Web and the Internet. We were on the same network in the Holy Ghost. Get on your knees and say, God, what do you want me to do? How can I be a blessing in this church? How can I be a blessing to my brothers and sisters? Some of you are saying, well, boy, I, I used to prophesy a lot, and, and it's all dried up. I don't prophesy anymore. Well, have you ever thought of why you used to prophesy? You used to prophesy because the Lord was t- t- said, go over there to Sister Jackie and say, thus saith the Lord. And now it's all about just the, the performance. Oh, no, 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 no. We got to start. We got to start. We got to start believing God and praying for one another, literally praying for one another. And, you know, I, I've encouraged people, write down people's names. As God puts them on your, write down their name, put them on their refrigerator. Or if that's a little embarrassing, put it somewhere where you can see, put it as a notebook, a pop-up on your phone, on your computer. We're going to pray this morning for the Allison family. I don't know why. I just, God's placed me on your heart. Just the other day, it's something else, because how this works. I love the way this works. Just the other day, I was, uh, this guy uh, called, he texted me, and I haven't seen this guy for 20 years. I haven't seen him for 20 years. And he said, you know, he said, Brother Mike, uh, you need to contact so-and-so. He's in Attica, New York, and his name, actually, the guy's name was Mike O'Connor. You need to, you need to contact this guy by the name of Mike O'Connor, and, and, uh, and, and oh, okay, well, well, yeah, sure. So I did, and, and I get on the phone with this brother, and, and all of a sudden, uh, he says, oh, he says, Brother Mike, he says, uh, I've met you, but you've never met me. Oh, okay. He said, you were just a few months old the last time I saw you, 1966. Amen. And uh, he went on to tell me about some family history and everything else, and so we got t- chatting, and all of a sudden, he stops me. He stops me. And he says, he said, Brother Holcomb, he goes, hold on, I've got to tell you something. He said, all week long, the Lord's been speaking to you, speaking to me about you. And he started reading my mail. Don't you love it when God does that? He started saying, this is what God wants to do. He's going to do this and this and this. It was like he was reading my prayer journal. Man, I walked off that conversation just as high in the spirit as anything else. I got in my car. I had a lunch engagement with a certain brother. Got in my car, and I'm driving down down the road. This is just just last week, by the way. I'm, I'm driving down the road, and I give my brother Mark a call. I said, i got to share the good news with him. So I, I, I told him about this brother, and, and my brother Mark says, Oh, I remember Mike O'Connor. Yeah, he was such and such a guy. Um, and, uh, and he says, You know, Mike, he says, I don't think it was an accident you called me today. He said, Just today, he said, Brother Fred Green and I were walking out of this staff meeting, and Brother Fred turned to me and said, I don't know what's going on with your brother Mike, but this, 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 and he starts to give the word of the Lord. You know, God's going to open up the doors, and God's going to bring him into this. He's got my number. I was like, God, you've got my number. Amen. A couple days later, I'm out to, I'm out to lunch, uh, breakfast with another pastor and, and uh, wonderful, precious UPC brother, Brother Steve Hansen. And if he's listening, God bless you, Brother Hansen. Got a great church there in, in Portland. And I'm out talking with Brother Hansen, and all of a sudden he looks at me and he says, Brother Holcomb, he said, God has been speaking to me about you. And boom, 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 boom. I'm here to tell you when you get in the spirit, you become a life source. When you get in the Holy Ghost, God wants to begin to flow through you. You know, God wants to begin to speak to you about your boss. He wants to begin to whisper the things that your boss is saying in the bedroom chamber, in the bedchamber, as as the prophets was uh, told, uh, as the king was told about Elijah. God wants to give you things. Look at your hand. Look at your right hand. Lift up your right hand. 
That hand is dedicated to the Lord. If you've been baptized into the Lord Jesus, you're filled with the Spirit of God. That hand is dedicated to God. That hand right there is not because it's your hand, but the hand that when God speaks to you, you put it on somebody and they get healed. Some of you have testimonies right here. I could call you up right now and you say, yeah, that happened to me. I want to continue. I'm going to blow the flame of God. Amen. Into the, into, into the embers today. Stir up your spirit. Stir up that gift that's on the inside of you that was put on you by the laying on of hands. Hallelujah. Some of you young people say, well, I, I don't know the Bible too good. I'm going to tell you something. If you've if you got Jesus, I don't want to be careful how I say this. If you've got Jesus, you've got the Bible. He's the Word. Oh, yeah, read it, memorize it, learn it, and everything else. But I've got news for you. You don't have to know in your head. You can have it in your spirit. That's why some of us, when we were younger, we used to go around just speaking in, in, in people's lives. And boom, all of a sudden, they get healed. They get saved. This has happened. Why? Because there's the same body. Jesus is gathering people. Amen. That's his. Listen, if you think that you want Williamsport, Jesus wants it more. If you think that you want the bad neighborhoods, Jesus wants them more. I feel a, a, a call for, for, you know, to minister to them. Alcoholics, prostitutes, and everything else. That's wonderful, but understand, that's Jesus, amen, living through you and wanting through you. That's why this outreach center is such an important thing that you're doing. Because if God's put it in your spirit and in your heart, amen, realize, God, we're building that building not by flesh and blood, not by power, not by anything else, but by your spirit. Every nail that I put in the wall, every drop of, 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 of paint that I paint on the ceilings, everything we do is is in the cause and the call of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is going to bless us. Put your hand up and praise God. Brother Matt, I feel to say this today. Don't you, and I'm going to say this to the elders of this church, don't you let money step, sidestep you. If God's put something on your heart, He will make a financial way. Come on, say amen. My God, amen, owns a cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. He owns all of the gold. He owns all the silver. And if he says, I want you to, to get an old dilapidated building and, and turn that thing into an evangelistic center, a center where people are going to get touched by my power, he's going to finance it. And you won't have to go in debt. Oh, come on, put your hands up. Hallelujah. I feel faith stirring in this place this morning. See, we're not here by our own selves. You've been called. You've been called. You've been called. You've been chosen. I love what D.L. Moody once said. He says, when you come to the door of salvation, it says over top, it says, whomsoever will may come. But when you walk through that door and you turn around and look, it says, I have called you from your mother's womb. Amen. I've got news for you. God has done a work in us. And God will have a people that will respond to His Spirit. He will have a people here in Williamsport, Pennsylvania that are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He will have a church that's thriving and moving and shaking. A church that will multiply. A church that will go on. A church that will not just survive, but will prosper. Because He's in the gathering business. Oh, hallelujah. He's in the gathering business. 
And I just want to say this in closing this morning. There's a spirit in this nation right now that still wants to bring division. There's a spirit right now that wants to bring division. And I'm here to just declare in the Holy Ghost by the word of the Lord, devil, you are a liar. The spirit that's on the inside of me doesn't hate anybody. Don't point your finger at me and say, I hate people. I'm pointing my finger back at you and saying, devil, I know who you are. I'm not buying into the lie. The the love that I've got in my heart is from Almighty God. And there's no end of that supply. Oh, hallelujah. We're a people of love. We're a people of joy. We're a people of giving. We're a people that, amen, are going forward. And we're going to write the agenda. Because he's already written the agenda. Can we stand to our feet this morning? Hallelujah. God's going to have a family. I don't know who's in this room this morning. And maybe, maybe this morning you are not part of the family of God. I've got news for you. God is gathering you. Your name is being called. You have an invitation. A written, a, in fact, it's not just written. But it's written in blood. An invitation. Amen. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or may I say never converted to Jesus Christ, because that's exactly what it takes. There's a conversion that happens. How many of us can walk and walk up to this platform right this very hour and say, let me tell you about my B.C. days and how I got saved. One moment we're hell-bent on what we want to do, and the next minute God melts our hearts like putty and, 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 and water, and, and we, just, we become like dish rags and say, God, I, I, I need you. And we begin to change, and we begin to, we begin to love one another. We begin to love our wives. We get, go back to our kids. We, get, we begin to do the right thing with people, even when it hurts. Amen. So, Lord, I thank you today. And I'm asking you, Lord, that right now that you are going to blow upon this uh, outreach center. In fact, let's just reach our hands, stretch our hands toward that outreach center. Lord, we thank you that everything that you've got, Lord, in, in mind for that, Lord, we thank you that you're going to bring every bit of the supply. And we pray that, Lord, that you are going to increase the vision for that outreach center. Lord, cause our vision, Lord, to be put aside. Give us your vision. Give us what you have. Give us what is in your heart and your mind. But we bless that place in the name of Jesus. And we call forth, Lord, those youth meetings. We call forth, Lord, those outreaches. We call forth in the name of Jesus. We call them forth, Lord, as your spirit is breathing this morning. We call forth, Lord, the soul to be saved in that place in Jesus name and Lord I pray God that you are going to also begin to move upon us once again those of us who are a little rusty maybe this is you this morning just put your hand up a little higher if this is you but God those of us who are a little rusty in the gifts of the spirit Lord, use these hands again, Lord, for healing. Use these, this mouth again for prophecy and for words of edification and wisdom, Lord. Use, oh God, our minds for the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Speak through our mind, our, our lips, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you. I pray, Lord, for a youth revival in this church that will over and supersede anything that has ever been seen since this church was birthed in Jesus' name. 
We pray for those young people to come in. We pray, O oh Lord, hallelujah, for those that are burnt out and those that are, have wasted their life away just in their early 20s. But God, I pray that you're going to bring them in here in Jesus' name. We pray for a place, O oh God, where families are going to be healed and get back together and learn to love one another and husbands loving and caring for their wives wives loving and caring for their husbands parents caring for their children children loving and honoring their their parents in Jesus name and Lord we thank you Lord for your Holy Ghost that is moving right now in this room in the name of Jesus Lord we give you all the praise we give you all the glory hallelujah